Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the usher serving you can go ahead and turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. That is where we're going to be reading from this morning. Luke chapter 2 verses 1 through 7. And uh, looking forward to Christmas. How many of you are ready for Christmas? Like four of you. That's great. That is great. I didn't know I was preaching to a church of procrastinators this morning. Uh, we, we've done good this year. We have actually uh, gotten all, most of our Christmas presents bought, all of them for the kids, basically. And uh, we're just waiting on uh, gifts for one another. Uh, we got our Christmas tree up. We got our lights on the house. We are on it this year. Praise God. It feels good to be on it for a change. And uh, we are doing good this year. Uh, I hope that everybody is doing well uh, in prepara- preparations for Christmas, Christmas shopping done. And uh, all that good stuff, traveling for the holidays. I know there's just so much that goes involved in that. Also, I wanted to tell you uh, before I start uh, with the message this morning that our Christmas service for the church is going to be on a Wednesday night this year. We are going to do that on December the 21st, so please mark that in your calendar. We are going to have a full Sunday service on a Wednesday night this year, our normal Christmas service, because Christmas falls on Sunday this year. We will not have service that day at the church. And so we will do our Christmas service on December the 21st. That will be at 7 o'clock that night. It will be about one hour long. And then we're going to have cookies and coffee and hot chocolate and all kinds of good stuff afterwards. So it'll be a great time of fellowship following that Christmas service. We'll have communion that day as well. And so it'll just be a great uh, time to gather together. And so we hope that uh, you will plan on being a part of that. If you're not a regular Wednesday night attender, please come and be a part of that service that Wednesday night, again, the 21st at 7 o'clock and uh, it's going to be a great time together. This morning I want to try and to provide some holiday help uh, to everyone in the room, including myself, uh, by remembering some things that are very important during the Christmas season. We all know, we're well aware, we understand the concept that uh, Christmas is a time for family, that it is a time to honor Christ. I think as the church we are uh, well in tune with that reality. And even though we know those things, however, uh, it is easy for it to be about a lot of other things that really, in the larger scope of things, don't really matter. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's easy for us to forget about how Christmas is supposed to be about the family and about honoring Christ and it's about shopping, it's about planning holiday trips, it's about you know uh, getting food ready, it's about all of these kinds of things and, and really those things uh, are, are minimal, they are, uh, they are less important when it comes to the grander scope of things. April and I uh, made a decision several years ago that we wanted our Christmases to be memorable for us and we wanted them to be memorable for our kids. And we wanted to have some traditions that, that would be 
great memories for us. And I'm glad that we did that. I'm glad that we made those choices, we made those decisions because it has proven to be quite fruitful over the past several years. I mean, just some of our traditions, we go to Branson every year around Christmas. We celebrate that. Now, our kids love that. I mean, we look forward to that. We're excited about that. That's always something fun we do. Uh, We've got a lot of little things. And if you went and talked to my kids, they could just spit out line by line the things that we're going to do over that Christmas week because it's just become traditions. It's become things that we look forward to, things that we do together, and things that have made Christmases very memorable for us. Um, and I think that that's great I think uh, many times what happens to us though however in making plans and preparations and even trying to establish traditions that it's easy for us to get lost in the process and forget the people that make those traditions matter you know, it's, it's great that you can point to things, but if you can't point to those things surrounding memories that really have made them valuable, then maybe the things are getting in the way of the people that really make it special. Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? All right. And so what I'm trying to say is that, you know, to have a Merry Christmas, sometimes that turns into a messy Christmas. And uh, things don't always go as planned. And things don't always work out like we thought. And really, that is okay as long as the people and the family are prioritized along the way. I I think that what's important for us today to understand and take away from this is that we have to keep the purpose the purpose. And we have to keep the main thing the main thing, right? We have to keep the focus on the right stuff. Not everything that you plan is going to turn out as planned. Not everything that you work towards is going to turn out perfect. And and that doesn't even matter because it's the people in our lives that matter. It's the people around us that really count and really matter. And it's the relationship that is built in those moments that is going to last and it's going to be the things that we look to later on that are really things of value. And so this morning, I want to try to help everybody in the room. Ladies, I plan on trying to help you with your band today. It's good. It's good. Men, I'm going to help you with your lady today. Thank God for some help. Thank God for some help. And so I want to preach to you this morning, not Merry Christmas, but Messy Christmas. Messy Christmas. Luke chapter 2, verse 1, and it says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and of the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. And here's a key part of this verse, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about it this way or not, but as I was reading this, it started really becoming quite comical to me. Because I was thinking about, this is not at all, I guarantee you, this is not at all what Mary had in mind. Right? I mean, like when Mary was thinking uh, before she became pregnant, 
how her pregnancy was going to be and how her marriage was going to be and how all of these things were going to pan out in her life, I promise you this was not on her radar any way, shape, or form as to how this would actually play out in her life. A situation that I'm sure was perfected in her mind became a very messy situation as it was lived out in real time, in real life. And I can assure you this is not the plan in any way, shape, or form that was formulated in her mind. She did not intend for her son to be born in a manger in a stable with the animals. Scripture is is nice and it records a nice picture for us here. But what scripture doesn't record is the conversations between Mary and Joseph because that's the stuff that you can't put in the Bible. Amen? Think about it. Am I telling truth this morning? Because it's not recorded because it wouldn't be considered biblical, the conversation that went on between Mary and Joseph. Here's the real story Mary is pregnant, she is uncomfortable. She is anxious. She's probably not very cordial at this particular time in her life. Think think about the fact that she's going out of town because she's required to. That's going to make her angry. Secondly, she's riding on a donkey to this town that she didn't want to go to in the first place. Now, many of you ladies in here have been pregnant... And when you're big pregnant, I don't think the, the, the thing you're thinking of is let's go on a horse ride here over the countryside. That's not, that's not on the radar. That's not in the mind. And so she's pregnant. She's uncomfortable. She's anxious. Joseph, he's green. He has no clue. This is his first kid. He has no idea what's going on. He, you know, scholars tell us that Mary was probably 16. So Joseph was probably around that same age too, maybe 16, 17. He may have been older, even 18. But the fact is, he doesn't have a clue what's going on. And he has no idea how to handle and how to be gentle and how to finesse his way through this process. It's a mess. It's a mess. And so here are a few of the edited sound bites from... The- from the Bible. Here's what I picture in my mind. This is from the Billy Pate version that's coming out later this next year. Joseph, Joseph, you had one job to reserve a room for us and you did not do it. One job. Another sound bite. My baby is going to grow up in this barn thinking that it's an animal because it's born in this stable. Another soundbite. My mama warned me about you. (laughs) And I can just imagine no telling what was going on during the labor process. Will you make that donkey shut up, please? What is that smell? All of these things. It was a messy Christmas, to say the least. We get a good picture in the Bible... But the reality is it was a messy, messy Christmas. But isn't that the thing that the mess oftentimes is what makes the best memories? Isn't it the mess that oftentimes makes the best memories? And here's the goal is that I want you to let go this year of striving for perfection and I want you to to embrace the mess a little bit more. So, So let me help you this Christmas with some facts that will help you enjoy 
the Christmas season a little bit more and make it a little bit easier to cope with. Here's fact number one. Perfection is not possible. It's not possible. Perfection is not possible. And I am all for, I'm 100% on board with striving for, for perfection. I think that we ought to have goals. I think we ought to have high goals. And I think we ought to do the best we can to achieve those goals. But we also have to keep in our mind the reality that perfection is just not possible. It's not going to go as I... I have never had a plan go as I planned it in my mind. Because it doesn't happen that way. There's too many variables involved. And so I'm for striving for, for perfection, but it has to be done in a healthy way. And the healthy part of that is understanding that it's just not possible for it to go exactly like it was pictured in my mind. And I think that what happens to us is so many times we put so much pressure on ourselves to deliver perfection that it just robs us from all the joy that should be involved in the process. We want everything to be just right. We've built up this scene in our mind that we're striving toward. And and again, rarely is that scene in our head an imperfect scene. It's always a perfect one, right? It's always this perfect hallmark picture that, that doesn't actually translate to real life. And so before you get sucked into that holiday trap, I want you to ask yourself this question. Who am I trying to impress? Who am I trying to impress? And for what reason am I trying to impress them? Because we can put a tremendous amount of pressure on ourselves and more importantly on our families trying to impress someone who can't be impressed no matter what. Critical Aunt Susie. Mom who refuses to give affirmation. A dad who can't encourage or for whom nothing you do is ever going to be enough, a sister-in-law who doesn't lift a finger to help but has plenty to say about what you're doing, wow, everybody knows that person. And so I'm just trying to help you this morning because we can work ourselves up into such a frenzy that we miss the whole point. And we miss the whole purpose. Perfection is often sought from us to avoid criticism. It's sought to feel insecurity among other things. And really that is an illusion. It can't be done. It's not possible. And I think that there's even also great reasons why we want everything to be perfect. We we love our kids. We want Christmas to be perfect for them. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say that. I just want my kids to have the best Christmas. I want them to have the the Christmas I never had. I want them to have a perfect situation. Or I want my family to to have uh, the perfect Christmas. I mean, there's a lot of pressure when all the family is gathering at your house and you're the host for these Christmas events. And there's just this pressure to perform and to put out the very best and to make everything perfect. But it's not possible. And can I just tell you that I don't think that they want... And I know that they don't need perfection. That's not what the family wants. That's not really what the family needs. What they want is you and they want togetherness. And so here's the help. Remembering purpose before perfection helps ease the pressure. Remembering purpose before perfection helps ease the pressure. If I remember the reason why I'm doing this 
before I consider how everything is coming together and how everything is turning out, it helps ease the pressure and helps me enjoy the moment that I'm living in. You know, there's so many people that don't understand or know how to, and I'm bad about this myself in a big way, is not learning how to enjoy the present moment. You know, I'm always thinking ahead, and that's good, but it's also crippling because I'm thinking about the next thing, and I'm not enjoying the current thing. And so sometimes we just need to stop and be in the moment because that's where the people are that matter, in the moment right in front of you. If everything has to be just right, most of the time it ends up just wrong. And if I'm so focused on making everything just right, I'm missing the point. Oftentimes, again, we put so much pressure on ourselves and others that the whole purpose behind what we are doing is missed or ruined in the process. The pressure for perfection is a trap that the enemy uses to steal joy from the moment. It is a trap that the enemy uses to steal joy from the moment. Perfection is not possible, and it's not even about that anyway. Here's the second thing. The second fact is that people remember processes more than they remember perfection. My point here is this, that your family, your family is going to remember the moments of life and joy that you share together, not necessarily the end result. They're going to remember the times that you shared and interacted with one another, not necessarily the end result. No one wants an uptight Christmas. No one wants an uptight Christmas. Nobody wants to come to a house where they feel such tremendous pressure and and weight and just this this, uh, tension. They want to feel joy and happiness and connectiveness. We want a Christmas that draws us closer to each other. And I think that it's the impromptu moments that are oftentimes most remembered, isn't it? It's the impromptu moments that are most remembered. What do you remember most about your Christmases? Think back to all the Christmases that you've had. Some of you have had a tremendous amount of Christmases, and so you have a lot of memories to draw from. (laughs) What do you remember most about your Christmases? You remember things like the time the turkey burned, and you had to eat ramen noodles for Christmas dinner. Those are good times. Uh, The time the power went out because of an ice storm. Or the time you forgot to add the sugar to the pumpkin pie. Those are good times. I can remember one of our, I don't know if it was around Christmas time or not. It might have been Thanksgiving. But but we were over at, all the family was together together. And we had these beautiful, beautiful pumpkin pies. I mean, they looked like, uh, they they were Pinterest worthy, okay? I mean, they were ready to be posted. And so they looked good. They looked amazing. And everybody was waiting to slice into those. And they got them. And, you know, everybody sliced up. And we're all kind of sitting around the kitchen getting ready to eat these. I don't eat pumpkin pie, thank God. But everybody else that liked them uh, was getting ready to eat them. And they took a bite of them. They just, you know, you got this thing, this image in your mind about how this is going to taste as it just comes over that tongue. And they bit into them. And there was no sugar in the pumpkin pie. It doesn't taste good without that. That sugar is the key ingredient, I'm telling you. It's a valued ingredient in that. And everybody takes that bite, and it wasn't anything of what they intended or what they thought about it being, and everybody's kind of like looking at each other and not knowing how to say. But, you know, that's a great moment. That's a funny moment. It wasn't perfect, but it was so funny, and it's something that we still remember to this day. Those are the good moments. And I just think that generally speaking, generally speaking, 
People remember flaws over perfections. They remember feelings over intentions. And they remember what was shared over what was given. Let me say that to you again. People remember flaws over perfection. They remember feelings over intentions. And they remember what was shared over what was given. So many times we work so hard to give people what they haven't even asked for and what they really don't even want. Christmas is not about catching the perfect picture to post on Instagram. It's not. It's about real people that are standing right in front of you. It's not about the fake friends from the fantasy world of Facebook. It's not about that. It's about the people standing in front of you. The third thing that I want you to take away from this this morning is that partnership is better than perfection. Partnership is better than perfection. Family involvement is more important than things turning out perfect. Now, moms, I'm probably talking to you more than I'm talking to anybody in the room today. That family involvement is more important than things turning out perfect. I understand the heart behind setting everything up and making everything just right. And I, I get that and it's a pure heart and it's a, it's a lovely thing. But sometimes it can become uh, an interference to the purpose of what Christmas time is all about, what holidays are all about. So what if the stockings aren't hung perfectly? So what if the Christmas cookies look like weird dogs rather than reindeer? That's okay. That's all right. Those are the things that last. I can hear that now, 10 years down the road. You remember, Mom, when we made those reindeer that looked like weird dogs? Yes, I remember that. Imperfection is remembered better than perfection. And isn't memories what we're really going for? Isn't memories what we're really striving, striving for? Again, people remember what is shared over what is given. One of the things that... Uh, we did at one of our churches was we had a banquet. Was it a Christmas banquet that we did in Searcy? Christmas banquet. And what we would do, and it was a, it, there was a wonderful heart behind what we were trying to do. We would block off, the, we had this huge, amazing uh, gym that was like uh, classrooms and all. I mean, it was just a huge, nice facility. It was fellowship hall and everything. And, and we would block that off uh, around the beginning of December And we, as staff, every day would go in there and work all day long putting up decorations and preparing for this huge Christmas banquet that we were going to do for the church. It was the way that the the, the tension and the heart behind it was that the staff would do this as a we thank you to the church and we would just, you know, love the people by giving them this beautiful thing. And it was extravagant. I mean, it was like first class uh, because everything that church did was first class. You have to give them props for that. It was amazing. And so they would build these elaborate designs. They would do all this stuff. We would do this stuff and uh, but we would keep it uh, blocked off and, and and so the weeks before this people would come and they would want to go into that fellowship hall and that they were like <laughs> they were pretty strict on this particular issue they wouldn't let nobody go back there I mean it was just like this place is barred this place is shut off and you cannot you shall not pass kind of thing <laughs> what we find what we found out though is that it was just making people mad You know, out of a heart of trying to do something for the church, people were so resentful toward it. They didn't like it. They were mad. And you know why? Because they wanted to be involved in the process. 
And we wanted to do this for them. It was a great intention. But they wanted to be involved in the process. They didn't want it done for them. They wanted to share in the doing. And so we, we I don't know that we ever really learned that lesson as a church because we kept doing what we were doing. But that was the reason that people got so frustrated and so upset. And the reason what I'm saying is that per- partnership is better than perfection. Partnership and having the people involved in the process is much better. Even if it's not as good as you would like it to be, it's better to have people involved than it is to do something for someone and try to give it to them that they didn't ask for. It's just, I think that what we do together is so much more important and more valuable than what you do for me. What we do together is more important, it's more valuable than what you do for me. And so moms, I'm, I'm talking to you when I say, let someone help you. Let someone help you. Let someone be involved. I know that they can't do certain things as good as you. I get that. But it's better for you to share the moments together than it to be perfect and handed to them. Let your family be a part of the process. Well, but pastor, my kids don't want to help me. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. They may not know it. But they do. They do want to help you. I'm telling you, it's the truth. They may give you resistance in the beginning because our own kids do this. That I, oh, I want to do this. I want to do this. Listen, you're going to help. That's, that's what we're doing. We're doing this as a family. And, and, and what you'll see is that if you enlist them, you're going to see some Christmas magic happen. Because what will happen is resistance will turn to cooperation. And, and it will slowly shift as, as, as cooperation, cooperation then turns into partnership. Can I say to dads in the place that, that I, I encourage you to be a part of the process? Be a part of the process, engage in the process, engage and involve yourself. This is Christmas with your family, and this particular Christmas will be the only one like it. They're not going to do another repeat of Christmas 2016. This is the one and only time that you get to do this one. And so your kids are never going to be this age again. Your family's not going to be in this situation ever again. It's going to be unique to this particular stage and exact stage of life. And so this is the only time this Christmas will come. So be in the moment. Be a part of the process. The value of Christmas, the value of Christmas is not measured by performance. It is measured in memories. It's not measured by performance. It's measured in memories. And partnership is more important than perfection. So, so here are some things to remember that will help you this Christmas. Just some, just some little helps to, to keep in mind along the way. Close the distance, first of all, between fantasy and reality. Okay? You know, you got these pictures in your mind of what this perfect Christmas is going to be. Now, now bring that down just a little bit into a realm of reality. Your Christmas is not going to look like the one on the Hallmark Channel. It's not. It's not going unless you've got a ten thousand dollar budget for Christmas, your Christmas is not going to look like the one on the Hallmark Channel, and so you've got to narrow that space between fantasy and reality. The second thing I think that you can do is that you set yourself up for joy and not disappointment. Set yourself up for joy. Set yourself up for uh, things to go as you picture them in your mind by narrowing that gap and then setting yourself up to enjoy what you get out of it. Make decisions that will provide you with joy. 
if every time you do this particular thing, it turns out in a negative fashion, stop doing that particular thing. If every time you go to Aunt Susie's house, you say when you leave, we're never going to Aunt Susie's house again. Can I say to you, don't go to Aunt Susie's house this year. Don't do it. And that's all, well, I feel guilty. I feel obligated. I feel, that's not what this is about. This is about joy. This is about peace, guarding your peace. And sometimes you have to make decisions that actually guard your peace. If every time you get together with a particular group of your family, you have a brouhaha, that is not what Christmas is about. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you know, I hear stories. And so I'm just trying to help you folks. Make decisions that will provide you with joy. Do things that, like I said, we made decisions long ago because we talked, and this is what we said, I don't want someday our kids to come to us and say, this is all I remember about Christmas, and it's all negative stuff. I want them to come to us and say, we had the best Christmases ever. Dad, Mom, thank you for making decisions that had us in mind first. The third thing is that you can make a plan, but be prepared to just go with the unplanned. (laughs) Make a plan. That's good. Everybody should have a plan. But be prepared to go with the unplanned. Say this to the one sitting next to you. Just go with it. Just go with it. Just go with it. Just enjoy it. Just enjoy the process. And, And I'm just telling you today that you may think this is easy for me to preach. It's easy for me to preach. That's true. But it's really hard for me to live this, okay? I mean, this is a difficulty for me because I'm a planner. I like to plan things. I like to know exactly what we're going to do. But I need to learn how to just go with it. Just enjoy the moment. Morgan, would you come? Here's the thing. At the end of the day, the perfect gift is always the gift of your love and your attention. That's the perfect gift. The best gift that you can give is you. Being all there in the moment with the people you love is the most valued gift. So be all there. Be there. Be 100% there. Whatever's going on at work can wait. Whatever's going on tomorrow can wait. Whatever's on TV can wait. We have this wonderful thing called DVR. DVR it. It can wait. It can wait. And so be all there. So in having yourself a merry little Christmas, don't be afraid to also have yourself a messy little Christmas. Because sometimes the mess really is the best. Service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you'd like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving tab. We would love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street in Burkrenet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us at the river. Till I found myself face down on your shore. You said, Come to the river.